Welcome to season two of the First Prez podcast. Last season was titled Gathered and Sent. It was all about our purpose and mission, being both gathered as the church to equip and encourage one another and sent to be the church in our neighborhoods, schools, and workplaces. This season, we're focusing on the five values that guide all of our decisions as a church. We believe that we are called to be disciple-making disciples of Jesus, who are biblically literate, spiritually formed, mission-focused, and gospel-fluent. So welcome to season two, Values and Direction. Well, my friends, we are working our way through the gospel with the Sermon on the Mount. And we see a couple of places where Jesus focuses on the topic of prayer. And in this fantastic sermon, Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. As Mark read for us, Jesus taught his disciples and us how to approach God with humility, simplicity, and honesty. Our Heavenly Father does indeed know better than we do what we need. And God loves you so very much that he simply wants to hear from you. So that's what today's sermon is all about. God wants this prayer relationship with you and for you. So let's dive into today's sermon passage. It's toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew chapter 7 verses seven through 12, and I'm gonna read to you from the NIV. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do for you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you please pray with me? Almighty Father, we pray that you bring to life a text that may seem familiar and that you write it upon our hearts in a way that as we leave this place, we recall it and we ponder it in our hearts, and we share it with others. And I pray, Lord God, that from this time, your word will speak to each person here, each person listening and watching online, to know that you want to hear from us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I wanna share with you a couple of things about my dad. My 85-year-old father grew up in East Texas on a farm and ranch. 
And he went away to college and into the corporate world. But there are things ingrained in the farmer and rancher that you just cannot escape. It's a saying, isn't it? Uh, you can take the boy out of the farm, but you can't take the farm out of the boy. So I grew up with his various sayings, and I still employ them today. Regarding boundaries for any age, my father would say, setting boundaries is just like setting fences. You can set them wide, or you can set them narrow, but you must set them. And whenever our little family faced some trials and some heartache, he would look me in the eye and he would say, when the chips are down, this is when we get up and get going. And when I'd tell him that I was gonna have to deliver some bad news to somebody or I was going to disappoint someone, he'd say, put a little something sweet with that sour, that makes it go down better. And then my all-time favorite of my dad's sayings is, the answer is no, if you don't ask. The answer is no, if you don't ask. Well, I didn't know any better. I pretty much grew up thinking it's worth an ask. I pretty much grew up thinking, well, it doesn't hurt, at least ask. And so that's how it is with God and with prayer. Just ask. It may seem crazy or outlandish. It may seem doubtful and skeptical. It may seem stupid or ridiculous. But just ask your heavenly father. Because if you don't ask, you'll never know. God wants to hear from you. And praying is just like talking to him. And if you don't know what to say to him, it's okay. It doesn't have to be theologically correct terms. You can honestly say, hi God, I'm here, and I don't quite know what to say to you. And that's okay, you know what? He'd rather hear your genuine honesty than great puffed up platitudes. God wants to hear from you. And if you're thinking, oh gosh, you know, it's, it's been a long time. I just, oh, I just, I really, I, I feel really uncomfortable. That's okay too. Listen, I wanna give you a, a human example. I have a friend, Amy. We've been friends for about 25 years. And sometimes we'll talk pretty often. Sometimes we'll go stay in each other's homes. She lives in another city. And then sometimes we won't talk for months. And when we do talk again, she never ever says to me, well, what took you so long? And she never ever says, why haven't you called me? In her sweet and gracious way, she just picks right up where we've been. It's like we talked last week. Okay, so that's a tiny and human example of what it's like with God. He wants so badly to talk to you and to hear from you that he would never ever berate you. He would never criticize you for your silence. He's been waiting and he is eager to hear from you. God wants to hear from you so much that when you talk to him, he doesn't criticize your choice of words. 
your adjectives or your adverbs. And he never ever rolls his eyes and he never thinks that your question is stupid. Quite the opposite. He wants to hear from us and he wants to grow within us a desire to talk to him more and more. And God wants us to be blessed by that sweet relationship. And by praying and spending time with him, we're giving him honor and glory and praise. And God's heart is full of joy to hear from you, his child. As a child, Jesus grew up in a nation that loved prayer. The Jewish rabbis had sayings about prayer and these are still expressed in synagogues today. One saying is, God is as near to his creatures as the ear is to the mouth. And they would say, human beings can hardly hear two people talking at once. But God, if all the world calls to him at the same time, hears their cries. And they would teach. A man is annoyed by being worried by the requests of his friends. But with God, all the time a man puts his needs and requests before him, God loves him all the more. Jesus had been brought up to love prayer. And in this Sermon on the Mount passage, he gives us the Christian charter for prayer. Jesus knows that his father wants to hear from you. So he guides and he instructs in these verses. And as we've been saying these last few weeks, Jesus both comforts us and challenges us in the Sermon on the Mount. He encourages us in the very midst of our sinful nature. And he says, when you pray, just seek. Just ask, just knock, and keep on doing it. This is the very essence of prayer. And Jesus knows how very important prayer life is in our relationship with God. So he issues these three imperatives. He says, ask, and in the Greek it is, ask for yourself. And then he says, seek, and in the Greek it is, seek in order to find something. And then he says, knock, and in the Greek that verb is truly to knock on a door. God will never refuse our prayers. He never mocks our prayers. And Jesus stresses these three actions because he knows the skepticism. He knows the doubt that would pervade society. In the time of the Sermon on the Mount, the Greeks had their own stories and their own sayings about gods, and you know that's a little g, about gods who answered prayers but the answers were always double-edged. For example, the Greek goddess of dawn, Eos, she fell in love with Tithonus, a mortal. 
And the king of the gods, Zeus, offered Eos any gift she might choose for Tithonus. And as the story goes, Eos asked that he might live forever, like her. But she forgot to ask that Tithonus might remain young forever. So over the decades and centuries, Tithonus became older and older and older. Tithonus received the gift that Eos asked. Zeus granted it freely. But that gift became a curse. This is the context into which Jesus tells us to ask and to seek and to knock. And these instructions are issued in a present tense of the Greek that tells us to do the action of the verb and keep on doing it. So we can put the English word continually in front of the verb and get the essence of the meaning. We are to continually ask. We are to continually seek. We are to continually knock. Keep on asking God, keep on seeking for him and his will. Keep on knocking on that door. And so in this way, Jesus is telling us to be persistent in prayer. He's encouraging us to be sincere in our prayers and to be diligent in our relationship with God. Satan, on the other hand, would like for us to give in to doubt. He would like for us to give up. He would like for us to decide that God isn't really listening and God really doesn't care about what we have to say. Satan tries to sit right out here on our shoulder and whisper doubt and deceit in our ears. And when that happens to you, I want you to take your fingers and flick him off of your shoulder. Do not let those words fall into your ears. Because Jesus says, if we ask, it will be given to us. If we seek in order to find, then we will find after searching. And if we knock at the door, then it will be open to us. So does Jesus really mean that we'll get whatever we want? That God will affirmatively answer everything we want? No, not necessarily. What we want is not always what's best for us. What we want is not always aligned with other events that are happening that we can't even imagine in the future, but God knows. And sometimes in our human ignorance, we ask for gifts that would actually be our ruin. So honestly, no, God is not always going to answer yes and amen. When he answers our prayers, Oh, it's more like what Jesus shows us in verses nine and 10. He, he uses some rather extreme questions to put across this point to us. He says, what parents will give their child a stone when the child's request is for bread? And what parents will put a snake on a plate when a child's request is for a fish? In Jesus' day, the flat river stones were similar in shape and size to the flat bread. And the 
fish was kind of an eel shape, and so it was similar in appearance to a snake. Oh, it would have been cruel for a parent to answer a child's request for food in this manner. And if it were you, if you were receiving the request, I'm figuring that you would find the best loaf of bread, it's still warm, and you'd have some honey or some butter to go with it. And if your child was asking you for a fish, you would find the flakiest, most delicious fish, and you'd have some fries and some ketchup on the side. And if you, who are sinful, and we live in this fallen and sinful world, if you would do that for your child, just imagine how much greater, how much more well thought out, and how much more appropriate will the gifts be that come from our Heavenly Father who has this infinite wisdom and steadfast love for us. The key to all of this praying is to ask God to seek from him, to knock on the door with a genuine and humble heart that wants to align with God. There is absolutely nothing that compares with God's love for you. And though you may not understand why he has not yet fulfilled a prayer request in your eyes, know that God is working on your behalf even when you can't see it. Isaiah 55 verse nine says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God knows what we need and he knows when we need it. His timing is perfect. So thank him for working, even when you can't see it, when you don't sense it, and you don't sense his presence. God wants to hear from us, and God will always answer our prayers, but God will answer them in his way, with his divine wisdom and perfect timing and steadfast love. He is sovereign and he is perfect. And God knows how to give great gifts. So I've shared with you some of my father's sayings from the farm, things that I grew up hearing. And I've told you some of the rabbi's sayings that Jesus would have grown up hearing. So now this passage tells us one of Jesus' sayings. After two and a half chapters in the Sermon on the Mount, he's preaching and now shares with us in verse 12. Jesus begins to wind down his discourse saying, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So here Jesus is teaching his disciples and he's teaching us what in modern history is called the golden rule. But in Jesus' time, the Jews had been saying something different. They had a negative flip of this. They said, what is hateful to yourself, 
do to no other. That is the whole law and the rest is commentary. So the people that Jesus was speaking to at the Sermon on the Mount, they were accustomed to hearing it that way. And for the first time ever in their lives, Jesus says it this new way and puts a completely different tone on it. Jesus puts this in a positive light, but what he's saying is more demanding than what any rabbinic teaching had been saying ever before. In its negative form, all we have to do is refrain from causing harm to anyone else. Things that we wouldn't want anyone to do to us. Easy enough. You know, the Buddhists, the Greeks, the Romans, the Stoics, many other beliefs and followers and philosophies adhere to that light of saying it. But when you flip it to the positive light, when you flip it to what Jesus says, oh, now there's a responsibility on it. Now there's an action to be taken, to be helpful to other people, to be kind to other people in a way that we wish they would treat us. Oh, saying, I must do no harm to people is different than saying, I must do my best to help people. To make this a chosen path, a deliberate act, it is challenging. And it's extraordinary in a sinful and selfish world. Jesus speaks these imperatives over us. Take action for the good of your neighbor. Ask, seek, and knock on the door in order to grow our hearts with humility and persistence and love. If you desire to have a prayer relationship with God, whether it's for the first time or if you want to take that deeper and have a richer, deeper prayer life, I invite you to view the spiritual formation videos that Garrett and I have made. They're all posted on our website. Just keep scrolling and looking at them back in time. They go back to before the pandemic with um, fasting at Ash Wednesday. You'll find there are several different options. And if you don't know how to approach God after some time away, from him or after experiencing some pain, speaking the names of God can renew your prayer life. Speaking the different names that we find in the Bible for him can regenerate and renew the words you would say to him. If you can't focus just sitting in your environment, get up and take a walk. Prayer walking might help you if whether you walk outdoors or indoors, to pray about everything that you see in creation and to offer God the praise for it. These are just simple examples of ways that you can grow closer to God by exercising and strengthening your prayer life. My friends, to calm the chaos in your life, to quell the voices that are vying for your attention to press pause 
on the distractions and the divisions. Proactively take steps today and then keep on taking them. Do something out of the ordinary in kindness for your neighbor, just as Jesus says in the golden rule, and then continually do for others. And just as he instructs, ask, seek, knock on the door, continually trusting that God is waiting to hear from you, that he's eager to respond to you with grace and mercy and peace. When you do this, ponder the rabbi saying, God is as near to his creatures as the ear is to the mouth. And remember, the answer is no if you don't ask. Amen. Heavenly Father, grant us courage to ask, to seek, to knock. Fill us with the compassion and the mercy to do for others as we wish that they would do for us. And Lord God, grow in us a richer, deeper, sweeter prayer relationship. Help us to hold on to these verses and to know that you truly want to hear from us. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for moving among us in your Holy Spirit, and we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior. In his strong name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at www.fpc-kingwood.org. Our services are available on our website, and find us on Instagram at fpc underscore kingwood. We'll see you next time.